predict, pick, and prevail in your fantasy football leagues with Nick Giacobbe and Nick Cap. From breakouts to busts, superstars to sleepers, these are the guys that will help you achieve fantasy glory. This is the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Welcome everybody to Season 2, Episode 13 of the Primetime Fantasy Podcast, where we give you our predictions, our picks, with the hopes that we help you prevail in your upcoming drafts and the rest of the 2022 fantasy football season. I am your host, Nick Giacobbe, and joining me as always is Nick Cap. Nick, we're right towards the end of draft season. We're getting into the regular season. We're finally here. We got a couple drafts left. We're going to give you guys as many tips as we can this week. We got a couple episodes that we're going to record. Today we're doing breakouts. Then we're going to do busts. We'll do uh, sleepers and rookies. So we got a lot of fun content coming for you this week. Yeah, it's the prime of draft season. I just finished two and I got two more coming up. I want to get in one more. I feel like I, I feel like Tom Brady. What's Tom Brady's favorite ring? The next one. My the favorite fantasy one. football league is the next one. Uh, I also do want to mention that me and Nick are drafting on Tuesday. We're, we're going to be going live for that, our first live show of the season. We'll be doing that on YouTube, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. And we're also going to invite some of our league mates to join us. I don't know if anybody's joining us yet. We'll figure that out. It might just be me and Nick. It might be me and Nick and a panel of other people that are drafting, but it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, so a lot of good content coming this w- uh, coming this week for you guys. If this is your first time listening or watching us, thank you so much. You can find us basically every week. We're going to do two shows a week until the season starts, then four shows a week. And you can find us on all podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, basically anywhere where you can find a podcast, you can find the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. If you would prefer to watch the show on YouTube, please do go to our YouTube channel, Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Hit that subscribe button, drop a like, drop a comment. You can find us there on all of our videos and other fun stuff that we have planned for you throughout the season. If you want to follow us and support us on social media, please do and interact on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, you can find us on Twitter, TikTok, and uh, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at Primetime FF Pod. Facebook and YouTube is Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Before we do get into our breakouts for this season, we're going to give you our, our all breakout team, which should be fun. We have some uh, sad news that we do want to talk about right now. It's Sunday night, August 28th. About 8 o'clock, news going out that uh, rookie running back for the Washington Commanders, Brian Robinson, has been shot in an attempted burglary of his car, I believe. I don't know if it was an attempted burglary or a carjacking. I think there's a couple reports going um, going on around the league about that. He was shot multiple times. He's in the hospital. He is in stable condition, so it's not life-threatening, thank God. I do want to mention first and foremost, before we get into any kind of fantasy implications, that I do wish him the the best in his health and his recovery. I hope that it's not... Fatal. I hope that it's not something that's going to alter his career. Uh, He's getting rave reviews from camp and in preseason, so I do hope that it's nothing that's going to um, affect him in in that way. Um, And I'll give you a minute, Nick. I'll let you kind of talk about that and how this actually does uh, affect his fantasy football outlook and the the commander's outlook as a football team. Yeah, so first off, God bless Brian Robinson. Hopefully all is well. Hopefully speedy recovery. Um, the word is it is he is in stable condition. It is non-life-threatening as it appears right now. So hopefully we do get a chance to see him on the football field. Hopefully his family, everybody is all well with it. Um, in terms of fantasy football, the word is that Antonio Gibson is going to be on special teams and he was going to be the first down, second down running back. I imagine that stays the same, but you won't have the threat of Brian Robinson taking that role halfway through the season. Um J.D. McKissick is the backup there. He's still a good draft play, and, you know, he's going to interfere with the pass-catching work of Antonio Gibson still. 
Um, for me, I feel a lot more comfortable drafting Antonio Gibson now. Um, the real threat there was Brian Robinson. I know J.D. McKissick takes away from that workload, but even with J.D. having that role, Antonio Gibson was a top 10 running back last year. He did have that type of production. He was a 1,000-yard rusher, so he was statistically a good player, and J.D. never replaced him in the rotation. So I think Gibson is a good draft pick for where his ADP is right now. I imagine over the next couple of days, we'll see it jump a little bit up the board, um, creep a little bit up. But I think Gibson's a lot more comfortable of a play right now. I think for me that I would never trust Gibson this year. Like he would have to really slip down the draft boards for me to take him. Cause I think there's other running backs right around his ADP. I mean, Damian Pierce has shot up a little bit. Uh, Elijah Mitchell's right around there. Chase Edmonds with Miami. There's other guys, uh, AJ Dillon. There's other guys I'd rather take besides Antonio Gibson. So I'm not touching Gibson. I will draft McKissick though. He catches a lot of balls. Uh, we saw what Carson Wentz did there with his running backs in uh, with the Colts last year. So I would take a, I would take a fly on JD McKissick. I think he's a very draftable player. As for Brian Robinson, if you're drafting today, meaning Monday. I don't know how draftable he is. Maybe in the late rounds, you know, we don't know what his condition is really going to be. We have no idea. But until we get more clarity on that, just be careful with where you draft him. If he was projected to rounds like 14, maybe he's getting dropped till the last round or two. But hey, if it's a last roster spot, why not still take a fly in case he can, you know, return in a couple weeks and then he could still find a way to take that role from Gibson? We don't know, but uh, I do hope the best for his recovery. All right. Every fantasy podcast out there does like to do breakouts. We're going to do breakouts. We're going to do it a little bit differently. We're going to give you our all breakout team instead of going 5-4-3-2-1. We're going to give you a quarterback, two receivers, two running backs, and a tight end. Basically a standard fantasy lineup um, of players that we think are going to break out. So first off, Nick, I want you to tell me how you define a breakout player in fantasy football for the 2022 season. And then kind of describe what your, what your thought process is with your team without revealing your players. Sure. So pretty much thought process, quite simply, young players, ability to break out, better situation, team-friendly game scripts, like everything you want to see, like in those upward pointing arrows to be a breakout or, you know, a top fantasy player rather than someone that just beats their ADP. Like I'm looking for guys that I think have the potential to crush their ADP. Um, I did go with a lot of a more of a younger team. I think Nick will probably have the same if I had to guess. Um, and yeah, that that's really it. I tried to construct who's got the positive game script, who has the talent, the breakout ability, um, all, all those elements that make up what a good fantasy player should be bundled with the talent that they have. So I love my team. I think uh, I'm feeling good about my team. I don't know if Nick's going to like a couple of these guys, but interesting. I, I'm a big fan. All right. Um, I do want to give a quick shout out to our buddy Jared. I was texting him earlier. He picks right after me in our draft. And he basically said, I've been doing my homework on the podcast. I have notes written down about you and Nick and all the players you like and where you like them. So I do want to give a quick shout out to him. Where, where's his draft pick in our league? He's six. He's right behind me. Okay, so, so right in the middle. I'm, I'm number one, so I don't have to so worry. So I'm at a disadvantage a little bit because Jared knows who I'm going to like on the wraparound for a lot of guys. But anyway, I do want to give a quick shout-out to that because, like, I don't know who you're going to pick right now, but anyway. Um, for me, a breakout to me can mean anything. It could mean I could say Justin Jefferson. I said he's going to be the number one wide receiver this year. I think he was four last year. I could say this is his breakout. To me, a breakout doesn't mean 
oh, he's being drafted in round 10 and now he's going to exceed that, that draft capital. It, it's however you want to deem that, that breakout season. Uh, last year, Cooper Cup, obvious breakout. Um, you, you know, a, a guy like Javante Williams, he's being drafted in round two, but everybody's expecting him to have a breakout season. So it's whoever you define a breakout to me. A breakout is he's going to exceed his ADP and he's going to finish towards the top of his position or, and he's going to help you win your fantasy football championship. So, uh, Nick, let's start with you. We're going to go quarterback, two receivers, two running backs, and a tight end. Let's start with your quarterback. We might have the same one. I'm kind of hoping we don't, but uh, who's your quarterback breakout for the 2022 fantasy football season? All right. So, as I said, I go with young players. It's very hard to find a younger quarterback than this. Um, one of the few quarterbacks in the NFL that's actually younger than Nick and actually, I. Actually, maybe, maybe we don't. I'm, I'm happy you picked this guy. I think I know who you're picking now. I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers. I'm happy you picked him. I don't they, want to I'm happy you picked him. I am. All right. Let's hear it. <laughs> it's Trey Lance. I know a lot of people are hesitant about him. Um, but the fact of the matter is the kid is an all-worldly talent. He's phenomenal. He's in a Kyle Shanahan system, which is go to be extremely favorable to him in pass catching in passing situations. Um, I forget if I told Nick the stat on the podcast or not, but I'm going to reiterate it for those that this might be their first episode or didn't see the other one in NFL history. Patrick Mahomes has the record for most passing yards in his first 16 games. Number two is Nick Mullins. If you don't know who Nick Mullins is, he was the backup quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers for Jimmy Garoppolo. He threw 5,400 passing yards under Kyle Shanahan in that offense. Trey Lance is in a perfect situation. He's going to have these great game scripts. He has these all-talent wide receivers around him. He has an all-worldly tight end around him. The running game, no matter who is back there, is phenomenal. You're going to see a ton of touchdown situations. In the three games that he started last year, the deep ball, phenomenal. Went well to Debo and Ayuk and George Kittle's a rack machine. He had his long pass of 76 yards in one game, and in another game he had a 45-yard touchdown. So you're going to see those big bombs that make and break weeks that really crush your opponent. And then on top of that, in the three games he started, he averaged 10 yards, 10 carries per game. That means that Kyle Shanahan is drawing up in this moment Rushing plays for Trey Lance to succeed. It's everything that points in the positive direction of Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts and those late-round guys, except Trey Lance is going off the board as the quarterback 13, which means he's a backup in most ESPN leagues. There is no doubt he will crush that ADP. He should absolutely be a top 10 uh, quarterback. You will see top five weeks from him. You will see top three weeks from him. Like That's exactly what I want on my breakout caliber player backup quarterback being drafted right now going to absolutely crush that ADP on any game basis. I am very happy you picked him because I know you're very high on him and I didn't want us to pick the same players for a lot of these. I'm going to be the homer here with all the other analysts, but hear me out. All right. Let's talk about 2019. I'm going to read off some stats. Quarterback a 2019, his second season. 3,089 yards, 20 touchdowns, nine interceptions, a quarterback rating of 85.3, QBR of 49.4. Rushing stats, again, 2019 is second season, 109 attempts, 510 yards, nine touchdowns. Now we're going to quarterback B, second season, 2021. He threw for 3,144 yards, 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions. So 
couple less touchdowns, same amount of interceptions. Uh, quarterback rating of 87.2, QBR 48.5. Almost identical. Rushing numbers, 784 rushing yards, 10 touchdowns. A little bit better. We are talking about Jalen Hurts. That's quarterback B. Do you know who quarterback A is? I have no clue. <laughs> I'll give you one guess. It's a, it's a top five fantasy quarterback this year. Is it Kyler Murray? It's not Kyler. It's Josh Allen. Interesting. Josh Allen's second season is comparable to Jalen Hurts's. Um, I, I do want a quick... Um, I probably should look this up, but Stefan Diggs, I want to see what season he got. Did he get Diggs' third season? Yes. So 2019 was the year before Josh Allen got Stefan Diggs. Those are the stats I just read off. Third season, he gets Stefan Diggs, and Josh Allen goes 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, rushing numbers, 421 yards, eight touchdowns. Jalen Hurts gets A.J. Brown. Been working out with A.J. Brown. A lot of offensive talent on that team. I'm not saying he's throwing for 4,000. I'm not saying he's going to be Josh Allen, but what I'm saying is the growth of Jalen Hurts is going to be something we'll see this year. He finished last year as quarterback six. He's being drafted as quarterback 12, I think. Um, I'm sorry. He finished as quarterback nine and his average was quarterback seven. So he did outplay his ADP. He's going as quarterback six this year. I think he's going to end up being a top three fantasy quarterback this year. I don't think Mahomes finishes in the top three. I think Allen can. I think Herbert can. I think Kyler can. And I think Hurts can. I think those are your top four. But Hurts is being drafted behind those guys. Wait two or three rounds for Hurts. This is the breakout season we're going to see. And if we don't, then history's not going to repeat itself. But I think this is a guy that you trust because he did lead a lot of people to fantasy championships last year, guys that waited until round 10 or 11 to draft their quarterback. So that's why Hurts will be my um, – Fantasy breakout for quarterbacks. And it's a homer pick. Matthew Barry has him as his MVP of the season. And everybody loves him. So, yes, it's a pick that's not special in any way. But I'm sticking to my guns on this one. I think Hurts has a phenomenal season. So, let's go to your first wide receiver, Nick. Who's your uh, wide receiver breakout this year? All right. I mean, Nick, I know you said you don't want to pick the same player. So, you should have already known this guy was going to be my wide receiver one. Currently going off the board at 23. I didn't pick him for this reason. So. You you had to know it was coming. It is. I've said it again once. I've said it twice. I've said it, I feel like, 10 times between episode one and 13 this season. It's Broncos country. Let's ride. Cortland Sutton. This guy is a monster. Exactly what happened for Cooper Cup and for Stefan Diggs is going to happen for Cortland Sutton. Both of them had 1,000-yard receiving seasons. Both of them got a massive QB upgrade, and both of them found themselves being drafted in between the 5th and 7th round and winded up being a top-five fantasy receiver that year. Everything points to Cortland Sutton delivering that type of year. I don't need to say much more than monster talent, monster QB, monster game script in a division with games that are going to see 40 to 40 point games like this Broncos offense is going to score a ton of points. That defense is going to turn the ball over and give them good situations. Russell Wilson's one biggest weapon has always been that deep, accurate pass that 60 yard bomb. And Cortland Sutton is a deep threat machine. He delivered that with Drew Locke, proving he is one of the QB, um, the QB proof fantasy players. And he now that he has his monster quarterback. 
He's going to have a monster season. Take Cortland Sutton. I said it last episode that his ADP is on the rise, and this is the latest you're going to get him for the next two to three years. He's already jumped up 10 to 15 spots between Yahoo and Sleeper. Take him now before it's too late. I didn't pick Sutton because of these reasons and there's other guys I like. I'm going to go with Marquise Brown first. Nick does not like Marquise Brown, but that's okay because Marquise Brown also got a quarterback upgrade. He got Kyler Murray, who's going to be a phenomenal quarterback until about November 7th. The joke's going to be hilarious. Like, we're going to keep using it. Um, But he's got a quarterback upgrade, and he's going to be that lone receiver for about six weeks until DeAndre Hopkins comes back. We're going to see what Marquise Brown is made of. Uh, Last year, he finished as uh, the wide receiver 22 with an average of wide receiver 26. So not a bad year. Receiver is such a deep position. Finishing is in the top 25 is a great accomplishment. But I think he's jumping up and getting to the wide receiver 14 this year. That's where I have him in my rankings. I think with those first six weeks, he's going to really rekindle that relationship with Kyler Murray that he had in college. I think they're going to just connect on every kind of pass possible. He could run routes. He could go deep. He could go over the top. There's nothing that I don't think he could do. Uh, and then when Hopkins comes back, it's just going to open up the field for him even more. And I think Marquise Brown could become the alpha dog over there. He's 25 compared to DeAndre Hopkins, who I think is 30 or 31. I'm not knocking Hopkins talent, but at some point, like we saw the decline of Julio Jones, I'm not saying Hopkins declines, but I think Marquise Brown takes over that role as the wide receiver one on that football team. Um, I mean, he's had a solid stat line these last few years. Uh, he, he had a thousand yards last year for the first time in his career, 91 receptions, a lot of receptions. The touchdown numbers are only at six. I think we could get to 1100, 1200 yards. Then we could get to hundred receptions. And I think we can get to eight touchdowns. That's going to be a breakout season for Marquise Hollywood Brown. So, uh, his ADP right now in, in ESPN, he's, he's being drafted at the wide receiver 22, roughly rounds five, six in Yahoo. He's 89. I mocked on Yahoo and I texted Nick. I'm like, that's insane. So if you're drafting in Yahoo, take him around or two early because ADP is already low. Take him around 50 or 60 and he's going to have a great season. And also Chris Godwin's ADP is 103 on Yahoo. Like, I don't know what they're smoking I over there. But... I found that out today. I was helping out one of my friends with his draft. Go, and you better be getting Chris Godwin around. He, like, he was showing Godwin. me the board and I'm I'm go, I'm matching it with sleeper. And I'm saying, Chris got, where's Chris Godwin on your board? And I saw he was 40 picks later. And I was like, three more rounds. Man. That's it was absurd. Crazy, anyway, uh, we're not talking Godwin. But anyway, go get Marquise Brown. Who is your second wide receiver, Nick? All right, Nick. You picked a player I don't like. I'm going to pick a player you don't like. It can't be Amari Cooper. There's no it's way. Not Amari, no, 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 no. It's not Amari Cooper. It's Elijah. We went with a jet, baby. Jet the fuck up. Let's go, baby. All right, Elijah Moore, first five weeks of the season last year, first five games of his career as a professional NFL quarterback, he struggled. Up until his injury, he was the wide receiver, too, in fantasy football. That's absurd for a rookie wide receiver. That is the type of span that Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase had that made them fantasy studs. And that's the type of year that Elijah Moore was on pace for before he got injured to end the year. I'm going to give you his last six weeks performances, Nick. Guy you love. Week, week, week six. Six targets, six catches, and a touchdown for 67 yards. Following week, eight targets, seven catches, two touchdowns. Following week, uh, six targets, five catches, and a touchdown. Following week, 11 targets, eight catches, one touchdown. Following week, oh, for 141 yards, by the way. Following week, 
Eight targets, six catches, touchdown last week before his injury. 12 targets, six catches, and a touchdown, 77 yards. He averaged close to 20 points per game during that span. Elijah Moore is on track for a monster season. And in those six games, he saw four different quarterbacks. Again, another thing I talked about with Sutton. He is a QB-proof fantasy talent, meaning he is going to deliver numbers regardless of who is playing quarterback because he can create separation. He can get yards after the catch. He is a red zone threat, and he has already clearly distinguished himself as the wide receiver one in New York. I know they spent all that capital on another wide receiver in Garrett Wilson, but he's the only one creating separation on Sauce Gardner, who appears to be a monster cornerback in camp. So he's got to earn that nickname. They say he's got to earn that nickname. He is Sauce. He is Sauce, and he's a monster. But Elijah Moore has everything that you want to see in a wide receiver. He was being drafted in the 11th round. He's risen 15 picks since our last podcast, which is nuts to think about. Um, And he is currently going off the board at wide receiver 37. I think he was at 40 to 42 last time that we spoke. So he's already on the rise. Everything's pointing well for him. He had that type of stretch in the middle of the season that Amon Ross St. Brown had at the end, which is making him the wide receiver 18 to 20. Elijah Moore showed that production, and he will show it this for the entirety of the season. Go get Elijah Moore in what's currently the ninth or 10th round. You back it up. I just cannot drift uh, a New York Jet. Um so for me, I'm picking a guy who didn't even crack my top 24 a few weeks ago. And I w- if we redid my rankings, he would. And it's a guy I've been sold on in the past two weeks, and sometimes that happens. I'm going with Juju Smith-Schuster, and here's why. Because he's being drafted as the wide receiver 33 right now in, in ESPN. He's being drafted rounds like 7 or 8. I think people are writing him off a little too early. Let's look at his 2018 season. Four, uh, that seems like 10 years ago, but let's talk about it. 1,400 receiving yards, seven receiving touchdowns. He was a top 10 fantasy receiver with 111 receptions. Next year, 2019, only played 12 games, did not have a good season. 552 yards um, and three touchdowns. And you say, well, that, that's regression. Well, 2019, Big Ben was hurt. He played two games. I forget who the quarterback was. Was it was it Mason Rudolph? I think. I think I don't yeah. remember who played quarterback for the Steelers. It was either him or Josh Dobbs. Yeah, one of the Ju- two Juju, of those guys. Juju, and and the Steelers still won like eight games. Now Juju's not quarterback proof, but he has Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball, <laughs> so he doesn't need to be quarterback proof. Um, twenty twenty with Noodle Arm Ben, ninety seven reception receptions, eight hundred yards, nine touchdowns. The touchdown number is great. The receiving yards isn't as great as, as 800. We want to have 1,000. Uh, and last year, not a great season. Five games, 129 yards, no touchdowns. So, uh, again, we're hoping new environment, new quarterback. And I, I wanted to pick Allen Robinson, uh, Robinson for this, but he's 29, and he's also broken out already. We know how good Robinson is. Juju's 25, but we talk about him like he's 30. Juju's still young. He's on a new team. Tyree Kill's gone. Though all those targets need to go somewhere. They're going to go to Juju. They're going to go from Patrick Mahomes. And even with, with uh, you know, Travis Kelsey getting a little bit older too, this is a young star that Mahomes can throw the ball to. I'm not believing Sky Moore. I'm not believing Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I'm going to believe Juju. And 
plug your ears if you're drafting with me this week, but I want to get him. I want him in a draft because I have him in zero right now. I don't have him yet, and I want him. So uh, that's why Juju is going to make my all-breakout team for, for, for 2022. So uh, let's move on to running backs, Nick. Who's your first running back? All right. We talked about him last time. I forget if we both have him ranked as the RB5 on the season. He's currently going in the middle of the second round. It's a young stud in DeAndre Swift. He is a monster talent. He is going, I don't want to say late, you know, middle of the second round is phenomenal for a young running back, but he has the upside and the potential to be like 90% of what Christian McCaffrey was in his prime year. Like that's the level of talent we're talking about. And I know, you know, it's the Detroit Lions. I believe in the Lions. Not many do, but that doesn't really make, you know, fantasy glory. I talked about it very early on in the season's podcast. Take a look at the past few RB1s in fantasy. It was Jonathan Taylor with Carson Wentz as his quarterback. It was Alvin Kamara with Drew Brees on his last whim and Taysom Hill running quarterback. The year before that was Christian McCaffrey with Teddy Bridgewater slash Cam Newton at quarterback. So the RB1 in fantasy hasn't really mattered who your quarterback is. And it doesn't matter how many points the team's putting up. All that really matters is your usage. And over the last two years, his rookie year and his second year, his usage has gone up incredibly. He saw 50 more rushes in year two than he did in year one. And year two, he had a slight touchdown regression, but that's a new offense, new new quarterback, new entire system for him to build around. And they brought in Jamal Williams, which was a little bit of a threat. The only concern I have for DeAndre Swift is can he stay healthy for the entire year? Before he got hurt last year, he was the RB5 in fantasy, right where me and Nick, I think, I forget if Nick has him finishing there, but that's where I had him finishing. He will be on track to do that again this year if he could put together 17 healthy football games. Take DeAndre Swift in the middle of the second. He would be an RB2 if you went RB1 in the first round, or around that pick, you're taking Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson, and you're not going to find better upside for an RB1 than you will in DeAndre Swift in that second round. I have him at seven. You have him as, at five. And I, I do wish that I um, – I wish that I had him a little bit higher. But anyway, uh, for me, I'm going with Travis Etienne. And I know it's a bit of a risk. It's technically a rookie that's never played a snap in the NFL before. But you're talking about a guy with his career in Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, 6,000 all-purpose yards, 78 touchdowns. Um, he had over 80 receptions in his last two seasons. Um, on, on top of that, he has four, he was averaging over four yards, um, after the catch, uh, which ranked third that year in NCAA football. So you're talking about a guy who could really end up being a, a PPR monster. You're, you're talking about a guy who can be a poor man's Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I put him in between Christian McCaffrey and JD McKissick. He's a lot better than McKissick, a lot, not as great as McCaffrey, but that's Okay. Because right now, Travis Etienne is going as the running back 21. 21 in ESPN. He's going behind Ezekiel Elliott. He's going behind J.K. Dobbins, who's coming off the injury. He's going off David Montgomery, who plays for the Bears. He's going after Brees Hall, who's playing for the Jets, and he's a rookie. And I, I know Nick's very high on him, but still, like, uh, he's going to Cam Akers, who, again, he he can come back from the ACL, or uh, was it the ACL the Achilles? Uh uh, Achilles, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could return from that. Uh, Saquon Barkley, I think ETN is more upside than Saquon Barkley. So I, I think he could be a guy that you're going to get in rounds four to five. 
you got to take a risk on him, but that's what fantasy's about. You got to take some risks if you want to win. I think he's a guy that could be a league winner if you're picking him as a running back too, or if you're going zero running back or, you know, and you're getting him as your one, that's a little shaky. But if he's your running back too, I'm really confident in that. I think he outperforms his ADP. And as long as he stays healthy, I think him and Trevor are going to make some magic. And I think uh, next year he's going to be a guy who's drafted in the first 25 picks. So uh, your second running back. Hey, Nick, you know, you know how I took one of these. You take another one? No. No, oh, no, no, I didn't. I took one of yours. Uh-oh. I'm taking Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny, monster, talent, just another guy that needs to stay healthy. Yeah, that, that seems like do a theme wanna, with some of these running backs. Do you want to know his last six weeks of the season? They were league-winning weeks. I'm pretty sure about that. For I'm going to give you the carry numbers in order. So this was week six when he first came back from the injury and with Chris Carson out and injured. Now he's retired 10 attempts, 16, 11. Then when he became the three down back the last three weeks of the season, 17, 25, 23 over that span, 650 rushing yards over that span, six touchdowns, those fantasy points, those six weeks, your championship week, 25, 32, 19 low game with six, but he had uh, 11 rushes and it's against the Rams. Then 27 fantasy points. He's a monster talent. Just another guy that needs to stay healthy. If I showed you those numbers, you would tell me that was Christian McCaffrey. You would tell me that was Christian McCaffrey's first six games before an elite a season ending injury. That's the type of production you're getting in the 10th round of your draft. And I know Kenneth Walker is a threat, but he's following the Seattle Seahawks running back tradition of just getting hurt, just consistently getting hurt and not being able to stay healthy. Ever, since, already... ever, since, ever since beast mode. I mean, you know how the Browns have their quarterback Jersey, the Seahawks need a running back Jersey. We got Thomas Rawls. Remember that guy, you know, oh Thomas God. Rawls, he holds the record for most rushing yards in the Seahawks postseason game it was against the lions. It's not even Marshawn stat. Uh, Thomas Rawls, Chris Carson, Alex Collins, uh, I mean, Penny's there. Uh, let's see if I'm, I mean, Kenneth Walker now, I feel like, I feel like there's at least one more running back that we're missing out of there, but yeah, the, the, the stat stands. No, of course. And Kenneth Walker already looks like he's going to be out for the start of the season, which is just saying Rashad Penny, three down running back, 70% snap share, 26 points in the first few weeks of the season. He's going to deliver monster numbers, especially, Especially if you're going hero running back or zero running back, Rashad Penny's a mush draft. Take him a round and a half, two rounds early because you're getting a three down workhorse until Kenneth Walker comes back. And Rashad Penny might prove himself to get 60 to 70% of the snap share when he does come back. For me, I got AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon finished as a running back uh, 23 last year. His average is running back 36. So the average wasn't great. Uh, he's being drafted as the running back 32 this year, rounds like eight or nine. And I just don't buy that. The Packers don't have Devontae Adams. And let's look at A.J. Dillon versus Aaron Jones last year. A.J. Dillon played two more games, 800 yards, uh, five touchdowns. Then when it comes to receiving, 34 receptions on uh, 37 targets, um, 300 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. Aaron Jones, again, two less games, 799 yards, four touchdowns then receiving uh, 52 receptions on 65 targets, six receiving touchdowns. This is, this is going to be a two-headed monster. This is going to be Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb. It's going to be Kamara and Mark Ingram. 
It's going to be a two-headed monster. And for some reason, people are forgetting the second half of the monster. And they're treating A.J. Dillon as a backup running back rather than a starter. This is a flex play or a running back two if you're drafting a, you know, a, an anchor running back situation. Um, my, my favorite targets later in the draft are Kareem Hunt and A.J. Dillon for, the, for that you know, scenario. Uh, and I'm just speaking if Aaron Jones is on the field, because I think they're both going to be on the field. I think Matt LaFleur is going to use both of them both in the passing game and the receiving game. I think Aaron Jones gets more receptions, but A.J. Dillon's going to get more of the goal line work. He's going to get more of the short yardage work, um, and they're going to trust him to really be a bulldozer down there. And uh, His thighs, man, they're just – I forget his nickname. What, what's his nickname? Crap. Quadzilla. Quadzilla. That's what they call him. Uh, go get Quadzilla out there because he's he's going to wreck some cities apart. Um, so I, I'm going with AJ Dillon because I think he finishes as a top 24 running back. He's being drafted like almost 10, 10 picks behind that. Um, and I think he has massive opportunity if Aaron Jones ends up missing time. And even if he doesn't, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is trusting Alan Lazard out there. I'm sorry. I think they're going to trust the running backs more. And this will be like a, the, the Drew Brees Saints team with Kamara and uh, Mark Ingram. And they're going to really run through those running backs. All righty, Nick, your tight end breakout for the year. I told you before the podcast because I was very confused because he wasn't on ESPN's uh, live draft trends with his ADP. But I'm still taking him because I think he's going to have a top 12 season. I'm calling it the re-breakout of Logan Thomas. Two years ago, he had a very, very good season for a tight end in football. He went undrafted in just about every league. Uh, He played all 16 games. In those games, he saw over 100 targets, which is a big check mark for a tight end. Had 70 catches, big check mark for a tight end. Only 700 yards, but he did find the end zone six times. That's phenomenal for a tight end that's going undrafted right now. He has all the upside of a top 12 season. If you do not like the tight ends in that middle round right after the Wallers and the Kittles go, like this is a good guy. You can wait till the end of your draft, your last round or your third to last round if you're going defense kicker in the last two to take. Great guy that you could store on the bench for a week or two, but has all the makings, all the athleticism, all the beastly qualities of a tight end. On top of that, I said it earlier, um, I've, I've said it for a couple years now. The biggest success that Carson Wentz had is when he targeted the tight end position. That's when the Eagles had a monster season, when he had Ertz and Goddard, and he just abused those two for catches. Ron Rivera, that Carolina team that went 15-1, and that he had a success overthrowing the ball to Greg Olson. So if both of these two can find that similar traction of the tight end is what made us succeed, that's how the commanders will find success in the NFL. So, once again, check, check, check. 16 games healthy, 72 receptions, 100 targets, 6 touchdowns, and a coach that knew the tight end works and a quarterback that loves to target the tight end position. I'm going with my favorite tight end to target in drafts. It's Dalton Schultz. Last year, Dalton Schultz finished tight end 3 on the year which is great, but his average is tight end five, also very great. He's being drafted as the tight end six. It's great for you because you can get him as the tight end six. Let's look at his four seasons in Dallas. First off, you were talking, healthy, played 11 games his rookie season. I don't know if he was suited up for all those games, uh, for, for all 16 or not. I don't know why he missed the other five. Um, 16 games played 2019. 16 games played in 2020. 17 games played last year. 2020, 615 yards on 89 targets. Great number. Uh, and four touchdowns. Last year, a, a, a big breakout season. 104 targets, 
uh, 78 receptions, 800 yards, and eight touchdowns. Now, you could say his last season was his breakout, which technically, yeah, but I have him here because he's being drafted as tight end six. He should not be drafted as tight end six. I'm more confident in him than a couple of those tight ends that are going above him. And Mark Andrews will still be great. Kelsey will be great. But I think Schultz could finish as the third best tight end this year. I would take him above Waller for sure. Um, I might even take him above Kittle because of the health reasons. I, I would take him above Pitts. I think Pitts will have a great season too. So um, I'm happy with where Schultz is. And on top of that, Amari Cooper, last three seasons over 100 targets. Amari Cooper's gone now, and they really didn't replace him. Gallup's there, and they have the rookie uh, – uh, what's his name? Uh, Jalen Tolbert. Jalen Tolbert, yes. I don't think they're going to really eat into Schultz's targets, though. I think he becomes a safety blanket for Dak Prescott. Been saying it the entire season our show's been on. This is another Tony Romo to Witten kind of connection here. I think Schultz is a big, big, big season. Um, I have him on two teams. I don't know if I'm going to get him on my last two. I really hope I do, but I don't think I'll get him on my last two because – people are going to start believing in this guy. So uh, those are our two breakout teams. We're going to post them on our social media on Tuesdays. So let us know who's, you know, what, what you agree with, what you don't agree with some guys you're targeting. We'd love for, to hear from you guys on our social media, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, primetime FF pod, Facebook, and YouTube primetime fantasy podcast. If you want to find the show, keep listening to it. As more episodes come out, the audio is available everywhere. Spotify, Apple podcasts, anchor, Google podcasts, the video versions on our YouTube primetime fantasy podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're going to be talking busts tomorrow. You don't want to miss that one. And then we have our live draft tomorrow night. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll talk to you guys soon. Best of luck in your drafts if you're drafting tonight.